0: Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin.
1: It is I, Jeff Tewoska, and host of Classic Conversations and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? Crossing the Streams answers the universal question, what should I be binging now? I just watched something, I gotta watch something else. What do I do? Well, you've come to the right place. Crossing the Streams is a live show we do every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. We just completed our 100th episode, 100 hours right now, of streaming, TV, binge-watching goodness awaits you. But you're in luck. You don't have to go anywhere. I have three suggestions from a variety of those shows about the stream right into your ears. That's right. How special do you feel? I hope pretty special. We have segments from episode 70, 93, and episode 100, The Bubble, C, and Harry and Megan. We're gonna kick things off with a segment from live episode 70, Zach Wiseman of Some Nobodies, and he's gonna talk to us about The Bubble. Take it away, Zach. Let's skew the bubble. Oh, hey. Oh, cool. It's my turn.
0: All right. So the bubble, which (laughs) is a brand new comedy movie. Now, I watched this the second it came out because of the the cover box. I'm a 90s kid, so I say cover box. I think it's a poster or whatever. All in the cover box was, you know, Karen Gillan. You have Leslie Mann. You have Pedro Pascal. Yeah, you have all these beautiful... David Duchovny. Uh, You even have... who else a Khan from taskmaster uh you have keegan uh michael Keegan. you have some uh, amazing cast on here and i'm like what is this movie about so it's directed by judd apatow and it's written also by judd apatow as well as pam brady and you might know pam brady she's a producer of like phenomenal comedies like um south park and a couple she also wrote hot rod uh so she's been dabbling in comedy for for lots of years and uh this thing came out and the premise of it is pretty stupid really which is just a group of actors and actresses stuck inside of a pandemic bubble at a hotel. as they attempt to complete a film. Now the premise of this film is this cast of people that have been together for six other films that are huge mega blockbusters called Cliff Beasts. Now they're filming Cliff Beast 6 and because of the pandemic they all have to go in this uh this British hotel and quarantine. So pretty much it kind of a mockumentary on what like actors and the elite would do when being forced to quarantine for, you know, uh a high level, you know, production of a movie. The cool thing is that while they were making this movie they actually put it out as though they were making a movie called cliff B six battle for Everest memories of the Requiem. So people thought they were making this really crappy action (laughs) movie and we're talking bad about it, but it turns out they were making a movie about a movie. Now the cool thing is that inside this movie is a third movie. So it's making a movie about making a movie while making a movie. Now the cool thing for me is that it has a couple of standout stars. Uh, The the main cast is Harry Travaldwin. Uh, plays a character named Gunther, who has one of the most interesting faces I've ever seen of a human being. And so clever, very fast as far as wit goes, really a, a new style of humor. You also have Samson Cayo as Bola, and these two are people that just kind of work in the hotel and are the main people that they're allowed to interact with. And it's all them interacting with these elite people. You know, Pedro Pascal has, uh, he's a, a character that has a drug problem and a sex problem, and he falls in love with somebody at the hotel who just wants to know what love is, you know? Uh, then you have Leslie Mann, who is... Um, judd apatow's wife and she gets to act along her daughter who's iris apatow and it's interesting how like each of these celebrities have to interact with each other because keegan michael key is you know he's a celebrity and in this movie he's like an action celebrity but he comes across uh judd apatow's daughter iris who is a tiktok superstar she has 20 million uh, followers on tiktok and he's so jealous of her and her tiktok abilities that he keeps like trying to get her to put him in his in her tiktok dances and it's just so weird to see what i could think uh, High-level actors and actresses are are stuck doing while having to you know have the time of their life making billions of dollars. Now, I thought this movie was so funny, and I I made my daughter watch it as well, and she's like, "Oh, this is really funny." And then for this show. I looked up the reviews and people hate this movie and wow. I don't fully understand. Uh, IMDb has this thing down as like three out of 10, I think, and there's so many number ones. I, I I like Apatow's style. I think that his comedy changes with what he's making. He's not the same style of comedian and I really like what he's doing. Also, you have um, James McAvoy, John Cena, Daisy Ridley, Fred Armisen, Dennis Hopper's daughter makes a uh, our first acting appearance in here, Um, the wife of Borat. You even have Beck in this movie. So it starts at a cast Beck. and a really, really weird movie uh Kate McKinnon's in it yeah I definitely suggest take it in it it, it is not a deep movie but
2: no there Judd, is uh, no Judd Apatow's to <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well hey Apatow will do some serious cool stuff I, and th- th- he has have some comedies that I think are just brilliant this one I liked just for what it was um I'm probably not going to rewatch it but I liked it for what it was
1: mm. fair enough cool interesting Lee missed you by the way oh uh, we did I missed you Lee love Leslie Mann I think mm. she's awesome oh she's great great yeah. great great She's very. All right, so um, we should check this out. Get some. I, I
0: I think toast. so. I, I like this movie. It's it's just like it's a it's it's celebrities being put in their place by people that don't want to be putting celebrities in their place while trying to stick things in their nose. And Fred Armisen's the director's movie. It, it really really clever, funny, fast movie.
2: Zach went through his entire review without using the word aggressively. So they, I I, <laughs> I don't know if that means a good thing or a bad thing, but but mm-hmm. it's just something I've noticed. <laughs>
1: All right, that was Zach Wiseman. Check out his podcast and his full media empire at somenobodies.com. Up next from episode 100, our 100th live episode, Harry and Meghan, the show that is taking Netflix by storm. Ron Lippett's gonna take us through this show. Take it away, Ron.
0: No intention of watching this and you give it to Ron. And I've
1: I've watched every one of Ron's uh, recommendations. And they are all been good, so now I'm going to be pissed, I bet. We don't know if it's a recommendation yet. Yeah, you, don't, you don't recommend. know what the hell I'm going to say Let's right cover <laughs> Harry, and, Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan. Harry and so, Meghan. listen, uh what is
2: the number one show on Netflix for 2022? I believe in Uni- it's in, in, in the United States and the UK, it is uh-huh. the Harry and Meghan six-part documentary that has uh, dropped. And by the way, b- bear with me, guys, because I'm I'm running the Rona right now. So, uh, Trying to talk in between my coughs and sniff, sniffles. Listen, I, I, I love the royal family. I love watching and uh, following all things royal. Yes, it makes me a complete stool pigeon because they they can market anything to me. Then I'll I'll, I'll click and open anything relating uh, to the royals. And uh, when I saw this drop, I was really interested in it because I will tell you. First off, uh, Harry and Meghan were paid between they don't know for sure somewhere between a hundred and hundred and fifty million dollars for the Lord. Uh, right. So one must ask how, you know, they were paid ahead of time on the ifcom, And so Netflix knows what now we all know, which is nothing freaking sells like a Royal skin. Mm. Uh, and, and that's what this is. So the episodes drop in two sets of three. And, and it's interesting the way they did that because, uh, the first three are really about the courtship. Of Harry and Meghan, is that cool? Is it interesting? Here's what's interesting about it: when you're Harry, no matter where you are in the United States, Meghan nobody cared about at the time. But when you're Harry, it really was a, a series of episodes about how you avoid the paparazzi. It really is tactically an amazing thing that you can <laughs> that you can actually take somebody out on a legitimate date or uh, or go somewhere in public uh, without a thousand cameras. Wanting to see, because you have to remember at the time before Harry was engaged after his time in the military and his, um, you know, uh, uh, William kind of came into his own, Harry was often cited as the most eligible bachelor uh, in the world. As a matter of fact, uh, a lot of my buddies and I would talk about uh, whose male life would you want to live more than Harry, and and the only one that I think anyone could come up with was Tom Brady at the time, <laughs> but but maybe not so anymore. So yeah, the first three episodes are about the about the courtship, and it and it's interesting because they they have to do all kinds of crazy uh, things to avoid the cameras, and they it's just a matter of time before they're discovered and before this meets the uh, the press and the tabloids, which is another interesting footnote. I'll just say this that I I learned I, I guess. I had not really had a good appreciation for how much tabloid news runs the British news market. Whereas we think here in the United States, major players, New York Times or whatever your flavor might be for, for print press. In the UK, it's not like that. The Sun, The Mirror, The Times, these are all tabloid periodicals that uh, that pretty much have all of the media and by uh, extension, political power in the UK. So that brings us to the second three episodes, which I, which is where all the controversy comes in. And I know you, I don't have to re- rehash all of it with you guys. You know it all. The bottom line is that the, there is a contention that the royal family felt that uh, feels felt that Meghan was a distraction at best, uh, at worst a bitchy, money-grabbing whore that, uh, <laughs> that somehow wiggled her way into the family. But depending upon which side of that you believe or, or you think is actually true, I can tell you what, what is true is that this woman was exposed to a kind of harassment and just absolute aggression from the tabloid media. Uh, in the UK, unlike anything the British public has ever seen, even since Diana's days, which Diana was victim to the same uh, same methods. So then the question becomes, all right, is this coordinated? Is, is, was this was this designed by the royal family? Did, did people try to spin Meghan in, in such a way that, uh, you know, that uh, the British public would turn on her? Because at the time this all went down, if you can imagine this, Meghan was the most popular member of the British family. Wow. Uh and she wasn't even an official uh member yet. So, um super interesting, there's a, a ton of inflammatory allegations, ton of things that uh some of which you heard on uh on Oprah about questions about the the color of our, of uh Prince Archie's uh skin, uh, how dark it was going to be and um you know, suggestions of racism uh which just on a per- on a personal note, I don't speak for anybody else, uh, I believe every one of those racist anecdotes that are associated with the uh, British family, they have a long history of racism, well before uh, Harry and Meghan. So, <laughs> so for me personally, I believe every bit of that. You know, listen, it, it's a it, it turns into a he said she said. You know, an email was leaked, a, a heartfelt email from Harry to William. Uh, how the press got it, I don't know. We we think that um, you know that the, the documentary suggests that it was specifically leaked to spin a particular narrative about Harry and Meghan. It just it, it goes on and on and on. That's just a, a a series of stories of how. Harry and Meghan were spun by the tabloid press in the UK, and you're pretty much left to to choose what to believe, right? Did the, were the royal family involved? Was it coordinated? Was it a conspiracy? Or are they just bad people, Harry and Meghan? And they and the tabloid press is just reflecting just the truth out there. Uh, the answer is I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there's probably blood in the water on both sides. I, I will say this, I it's my, this is my personal opinion, that the royal family had a tremendous opportunity in front of them to have a princess or Duchess of Sussex, as she is a woman of color, be part of this uh, long tradition of, of whiteness in the royal family. Uh, so that opportunity uh, went away. But even still, I think that Meghan could have uh, been a super powerful member uh, young member without any of the concerns of her actually ascending to the throne or even being a, a queen consort so it, it's just interesting in my mind the whole thing is just a mi- missed opportunity for the family they are never going to come to reconciliation never ever ever it's going to be interesting to see what the epilogue of this harry's written a book subsequently i'm not sure what that's going to be about i think that's more directly around charles one interesting side note before i i give up is that um the Queen herself, Her Majesty the Queen before she passed, had no comment about any of this. We just refused to refused to engage in the fight, in the in the in the internal workings uh between Harry and, and William, and just wanted no part of the shenanigans of this uh of this problem between the two of them. When she died, she even then uh had no public comment or know anything that would lead anybody in the public to understand what her opinion was about the whole thing, which is kind of damning actually. It just speaks to a little bit of how cold they are. So never never complain,
1: never explain, right? That yeah, was their I motto. Think that's
2: it. So, so do I recommend Harry and Meghan? Um, no, I, I'm not going to say I recommend it, but I will just say this: If you're like me uh, and you're just fascinated by the royal family, then it's a, it's a good watch. If the royal family ain't your thing, it's not going to compel you. You're not going to be interested, and I don't recommend it. So it's just it's a matter of your own personal taste. For me, right up my alley, and I enjoyed every bit of it. And if you are into the royal family, I highly recommend.
1: Thank you, Ron. That was Harry and Megan. Ron has left it up to you to decide whether it is right for you or not. Do you love the royal family? Are you into the royal family? Let us know what you think. Our final segment comes from live episode 93. Comedian Kevin Israel joined us to talk about C. Take it away, Kevin. Kevin, tell us all about
3: C. So C is an Apple TV uh, original. Uh, it's three seasons and done, which is one of my favorite aspects of the show. That they they created a story that they worked within a finite time span and they stuck to it. It stars Jason Momoa. It's set in a post-apocalyptic Earth. You don't really know how far in the future it is, but you get the sense that it's a number of centuries in the future. There was apparently something that happened to the human race, and everybody on the on Earth is now blind. And yeah. the, it's been enough it's it, yeah it's hundreds of years because sight is because become this like almost myth that they know was existed at some point and they blame sight on the world ending and so the story basically starts off with people starting to surface who have sight and they're considered witches most of the population hunts them down and kills them because they think that they're they'll bring about the end of the world again. And that's the, I mean, that's the, the the big global story, but it's based around Jason Momoa is the head of this and everybody's living in these very kind of medieval pre medieval villages and communities. You know, there's no technology, there's no, no nothing. And, and so Jason Momoa is the leader of this tribe of people who married this woman who was already pregnant with twins and the twins are born and shocker. They can see and there's people out there hunting them, and there's a lot of intrigue in the show. The show is so incredibly good, and it shocks me that nobody really talks about it, that Jason Momoa hasn't been nominated for anything. Because, first of all, nobody ever takes Jason Momoa seriously as as an actor, and he doesn't really go outside of his range as far as the character goes. You know, he's a big, brooding guy who's an amazing warrior, but he plays blind so well. It's astounding. And everybody... Credit to every, all the entire cast. Everybody plays blind so well. They create an entire civilization of blind people. An entire logic of how people work, how they communicate, how they, you know, know if somebody walks into the room, how they they don't have writing, but they work their way around that. And they don't they don't miss a single detail in this story that you could say, well, okay, but if they're blind, you know, they'd all fall off a cliff or something. Like they cover everything and it's masterful. And the best thing about it is Jason Momoa is a, you know, he's a fighter. He fights in all of his in all of his parts. He fights as a blind guy, and they basically create like a blind. Martial arts when these people fight when all the blind people fight and it's sa- i just describing it it sounds like it would probably be funny but it's amazing to watch and it's so violent and so believable that if the, you know if people were blind for centuries and they had to adapt this is how how it would be the other aspect I really like it is if you think about it if you were the only sighted person in a in a world of blind people you would essentially be a god you could do almost anything. And nobody would, nobody, you, you could move around and nobody would even know you're there. And so it it leads to that, which is also why, you know, the society believes that sighted people are, are witches, but they make it so believable that the blind people can actually beat these, the sighted people because their senses have been so developed over the, over the time. The show is just so well done, and there's so much more than, than that. There's a great amount of intrigue and politics in, in these different civilizations as they're trying to figure out what to do with the fact that sight is coming back and how they, how they can man- manipulate it. But the best part of the show is the characters and goes to the point of what we were talking about earlier. And I'm a I'm i I'm a true believer that if you write a great character, you can have that character do anything and your audience will buy into it. And it's it's almost like the Seinfeld rule. If Seinfeld truly was about nothing, but they had those great characters that you would just take for a ride, whatever ride they were taking you on, you would go on. And C does a great job of creating. Every single character you either like or hate as you're supposed to, and you want to know more about them, and they're really three-dimensional, awesome characters. Jason Momoa is so good. His name in the in the show is Baba Voss. My wife and I decided when uh, if, we, if we ever get another dog, he's definitely going to be named Baba Voss, and nobody <laughs> will ever know why, and we'll have to explain it forever. It's it's just such a great concept for a show. It, there's no fat in the series. The, maybe the first two, three episodes are a little slow because they had to establish what's going on, but once the show gets going... It's three seasons of just awesome, awesome TV. And there's there's no fat. There's just every episode is great. Every storyline is great. And you know, like I I mean I've watched all of the all of these kinds of shows, Walking Dead, Lost, all these all these types of shows. And there's always gets to a point where you're like, uh, all right enough all right we get it there's undead people and we get it like civil, everybody's a dick like and everybody's horrible (laughs) like how many seasons of this can you do and c doesn't do that every each season is great each season has its own story but connects to the rest of the the rest of the, the greater story of the of the show and it ended there was a there was a final ending that was a satisfying ending that you felt good about, and it's just such a great show. And I, it really disappoints me that it doesn't get as much talk as it as it deserves. Because
2: I was it's, just going to, so sorry to interrupt you. I no, was go just going to ask that. I haven't heard any buzz on this show, and and it's, believe me, Apple wild. TV Plus needs buzz on some of their yeah. shows.
3: So it's it's wild to me. And the, and the other thing is, Twitter loves Jason Momoa. The internet loves Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is like one of the number one meme worthy stars out there. And nobody talks about this show, you know. Everybody, everybody talks about Aquaman and all the other stuff he does. Yeah. This show was so so good, and it's got little, it's got it's got like some some spaghetti Western feel to it, but it's also got some like some you know Asian samurai, way of the samurai feel feel to it. It's just it's just so good. The tone is so perfect. The villains are fantastic there's even some villains who redeem themselves and you and you and then you, you like they do it they, they did just such a great job with the show that a woman i work with we talk about all the shows we watch and i told her to watch c and she's like i've never heard of it she watched three episodes she's like oh my god you're right this is the best show i've ever it's just so so good and if, you, if you're down with if you like fan if you like game of thrones if you like fantasy if you like post-apocalyptic you know hunger games type thing any if any of that's in your wheelhouse it, i'd even go as far as to say it's got the intrigue of not necessarily of sopranos but there's a lot of like family stuff that goes on it's just it every layer of the show is just so good and it's and it, and again it was three seasons you know what you're getting into it has an end it's an ending that you go i'm good with that it, it was just great and jason momoa the whole cast deserves huge kudos jason momoa should definitely get some not at least a nomination for something. The show is the show's fantastic. The cast is amazing, and the writers just and just being able the way they created uh, beat the dead horse, but they 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 thought of everything. How a blind civilization would get by on on literally every account. It's just it's just awesome. And the main villain in the show, I'm fortunately blanking on the actress's name. She is outstanding. You hate mm. her so much. If you watched if you watch Game of Thrones, she makes Cersei Lannister look nice. <laughs> like she is wow. ban- and she's a psycho and the woman i think she's she's got an accent in in real life i can't remember she might be scandinavian or something but she does this thing where she talks like this why would you do that to? and my wife and i always like make fun of her whenever we want but it's so creepy and whenever she's whenever she's like about to do something horrible her voice like takes on this higher tone but she cr- just created this character out of nothing the whole show if you're listening to this as soon as you get done listening seriously go watch C because it's some of the best TV that's been created in the past few years.
1: Hmm. I'm definitely into it. I, you know, I've seen it. But the problem, is I think there was no context to this big brooding Jason Manoa and, Manoa yeah. and the word "C." Like, I had no idea what it was. So I had nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes yeah. you mm-hmm. see a poster or something, you get some idea. After you describing it, I'm in. Yeah, they definitely didn't
3: market it well. There wasn't a lot of promotion put behind it. You know, any of those, you know, um, what was a quiet place, any of those ideas where it's, you know, it kind of takes away a sense of yours or something, you know, they couldn't talk and they had to be quiet. Yeah,
2: but, but uh, remember, uh, remember how much um, like Bird Box, they went friggin' like they marketed that, the heck out of that. Say, and and that but that hilarious. was just
3: bad movie. That was just bad. It was, bad. A, <laughs> it was, it was done. Made,
2: but it made a ton of money, that crappy yeah. movie.
3: Well, right. Because everybody was like, everybody thought there was going to be this great thing, like this great mystery. And it turned out yeah. it was just another kind of shitty <laughs> horror sci fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really—I mean, this—they build a whole civilization. It's a—it's fu- a really fun show. The characters are great. The amazing thing is, throughout each season, they keep introducing like new characters. And in the season three, they introduced a couple new characters. My wife and I were like, "Really? They're going to introduce new characters now?" That's so, that's it's such a weak writers' like crutch. Like we're running out of things. Here's some new characters, and we loved those characters. Like they—they didn't—they didn't drop a ball once in this show. It just, <laughs> it's just—it's outstanding. <laughs>
1: All right, Kevin, C sounds amazing. Sounds like everyone here has got a lot of homework on their hands. C, the bubble, maybe Harry and Megan. Either way, you better get cozy on that couch, grab your remote, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.